It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks find a way to get past the San Antonio Spurs without Victor Wembanyama. It's not very hard, but Luka Doncic passes James Harden for most 30-point triple-doubles in NBA history. Insane. What do we see from the Mavs? Luka, and which role player stepped up in a big way? We'll talk about that and more today. It's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, where normally we would let it ride. I'm here at the American Airlines Center, though, and uh, I don't have my soundboard with me. It's too big. It's too big to bring to everywhere. Thanks for being part of the show, making Lockdown Maps your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what stood out to you in the Maps win against the Spurs. And joining me, as always, on a post-game, the post-game prodigy, what you got for me? Slightly biased. Feeling jolly. Feeling merry. Feeling... Is there another Christmas word? <laughs> Are those the two ones? Uh, I would start singing a Christmas song, but I think we get copyright strikes if even if you sing a song that. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> me, my singing, my singing has been said to be great, so it just sounds so similar that it's the too YouTube accurate. algorithm. <laughs> yeah, they always pick them up. It's too accurate for it. Been a problem for me for uh, years. We'll we'll avoid the copyright strikes, I guess. <laughs> on yeah. that. but yeah, a great pre-Christmas game for the Mavericks. A real palate cleanser from the last <laughs> last couple of yeah. games. Mavs get the win in a resounding fashion, as they should. 144 to 119. Almost scored 150 points in this game. Yeah. Insane. We'll talk about who stepped up, the role players. We'll talk about um, we'll talk about XM. We'll talk about A.J. Lawson. I thought had a good show. And Grant Williams, his shooting may be back. We'll talk about all that. But uh, we got to start with – I guess let's start with one thing before we get to Luka. Victor Wembanyama was supposed to play in this game. Yeah. I was here early. I wanted to see him warm up, and I wanted to see you know, him – up close and in person uh, courtside and so I came and he comes out finally like an hour before the game and starts to warm up he warms up for about five minutes and I saw him dunk just like he just did like a little move you know guys just do like these little like post moves to warm up and then he goes over and dunks and then I see him kind of run into a Mavs employee that is like Mavs have, have these employees that are just out there and available for the Spurs and opposing teams to just rebound. They like they just rebound the ball and they give it back to players and they're out there just the whole warm up. They're just like available for them. And so Wemby, like I saw him out of the corner of my eye, like run into this guy, and then when he when he walks back around, 
I just saw him like so pissed, just like so frustrated. I could just see you can you know when you just see look at somebody's face and you yeah. see like the face that they're making, the eyes that they're making, like the the furrow in his brow, like just how furious he was at that whatever. That was me just- at the Croc store today. Did they not have your size? They didn't have like what are those little clips? Did they not have the right like kind of clips that you wanted them? Man, I'm trying. I was trying to get Crocs for my grandparents. I did get them for Christmas. I had to wait in a line to get into the Croc store. <laughs> that is a thought that has never entered my mind at all: is to wait in line to get into a Croc store. Like <laughs> Crocs should be wanting me to come into their store, not yeah. me like waiting to get into their store. They're having a moment though. Crocs we are. may have to unpack that later a little bit slightly because okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> But Wemby was just so furious, and I was like, what's going on? And then our friend Landon Thomas had posted a video of it. Wemby actually steps on this Mavs employee's foot as he was going through his dunk, like, under the the basket. And I didn't think this Mavs employee was doing anything ridiculous. Maybe he could have gotten out of the way, but, like, it was just a freak accident. And then Wemby goes back into either the locker room or wherever. But then he comes back, and he keeps warming up. So he warmed up again. I was like, okay, fine, he's going to play. And then all of a sudden he wasn't announced in the starting lineup when he had been said that he was going to start, you know, Spurs social media had said he was going to start and all that, and then he doesn't. And you're like, okay, what's happening? He's a late scratch. He had already been on a minutes restriction lately. He hadn't been playing a lot of minutes. Uh, I talked to a Spurs fan today that came up with a friend that um, that I had met before that's a, a Lockdown Mavs fan, and he was like, yeah, I just want well, I just want, want, me, want me to play. He's been on this minutes restriction, and can we just get him to play? And then he didn't at all. <laughs> he didn't at all, and he didn't play in this game. Massive bummer because it's so fun to see him in person. Uh, I haven't seen him since summer league, but yeah, that was just a bummer all around that we didn't get to see Wembenyama. Yeah, that definitely sucks, especially for like Spurs fans in the area and then Mavs fans a too. Lot I mean, here. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like transplants and stuff, and then also too, you know, you look at the schedule. All right, two days before Christmas, Mavs, Spurs, get to see Wembenyama and Luca, and then Wimby's not playing. I mean, that sucks. But I, it was like, you know, looking at the video, it was just clearly a a very unfortunate series of events i mean nothing like crazy or no malicious unless no i'm just kidding <laughs> unless he was planted there yeah we've watched the film on wimby's warm-ups he's going to step right here quite literally in two senses of the word planted he was planted there and he did not move <laughs> from the spot and was planted at that spot and did not move but yeah just a freak accident that that sucks but it made room for luka Doncic to have another 30 point triple double got it in three quarters what did he finish it in uh, he finished in 32, um, under 32 minutes, Luka Doncic. 39 points, 12 boards, 10 assists in this one. We were waiting in the third quarter. When's he going to get that 10th rebound? Then he got three, and then the ninth assist. He almost got it from Hardy, who inexplicably grabbed a <laughs> pass and just tried to drive with it, which yeah. was frustrating. But then he finally got it from who else but Dwight Powell? What did you see in Luka's uh, n- another 30-point triple-double? I mean, just another – I mean, almost like a rolled-out-of-bed game. Like, he didn't do anything, like, <laughs> too crazy for Luka. It was just Luka Kato, doing Luka things. Cato tweeted it was his messiest game ever. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, that's just what it was. It's just like <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. He just did Luka things. It kind of makes me sad sometimes thinking about this because, like, for a lot of fan bases, like, your player dropping a 39-point triple-double in 32 minutes is, like, one of the most insane performances performances in your franchise's history. We got to look up if the, the Hornets have ever had a player with a 30 point triple double, <laughs> like maybe ever. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. And Luca just turns these out and turns these out. It's just like, he's just unbelievable. And we really shouldn't take him for granted. I mean, I, I, like, he's not going to be around forever. You know, there's going to be a time, hopefully, like 20 years from now, multiple championships from now. There it is. There's, like, that's, that's right. Where you're like, man, Luca in his prime was just, he was a problem. And you're telling your grandkids. <laughs> 
because <laughs> they're gonna look back because the grandkids are gonna see him in his like old Dirk era, right? Because he's he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be a step slow. And you're like, how did this guy ever dominate the league? But he is right now, 36 total 30 point triple doubles in his career so far. He passed James Harden. James Harden at 35, like has I guess he's present tense. LeBron James is next at 37. LeBron like Luca could tie him on Christmas against the, the Spur, against the Suns, whose defense is not very good, and he, no. Luca could definitely do that. After that is. Russell Westbrook at 48, and then Oscar Robertson at 106. He's, got, he's a way off, a ways yeah. off from, from Oscar Robertson. But uh, Westbrook definitely in sight. He could pass and get to second, like next year, I guess, he could, if he keeps this up. I mean, he's just been on another level. I think the thing that's been different about Luka is he can get to his spot whenever he wants. It just feels like his foot speed, his handle is so tight, he can get to a spot, and he's been hitting these like little – bank shots these like these little floaters around the rim it just is like when you talk about a guy as a three level scorer like all right he can hit the three which we know with Luca he's gonna hit the step back three he's been hitting more catch and shoot threes this season he hit a a wild catch and shoot corner three in Uh this game he can get to the rim and you're like okay get to the rim and then get to the free throw line that's a whole other area where you can finish around the rim and all that and then the third level is usually like mid-range shooting Luca has like has this fourth level of scoring where it's like mini mid-range. It's like right in the middle between where he can get to a spot. It's a sort of a post-up, sort of a drive. Then he just pulls up and hits a floater off of it. And I think he's done that in the past before, but he's really going to it. Anytime they single cover him, he's just like, I'm going to get to that spot. And then if you send help, it better be quick. And you guys better double me real quick or else I'm just getting to that spot and rising up over the help. Yeah, I wonder if there's any stats on that because it does feel like he uses the glass more this year than he ever has I mean how does cleaning the glass not have bank shots like uh, yeah come on it's in your name <laughs> but no yeah he, he is he's just in such control of the game right now I mean just on another planet like there, he there's no defensive coverage that throws him off um there's nothing like it's just going to boil down to if he's hitting threes okay you're in a lot of trouble and then if you're sending a ton of help at him because he's hitting threes and the rest of the players on the Mavs are hitting threes in response to that then you're probably going to lose the game like that's just where the Mavs are at as a team currently and why like a game like last night where you oh. know Grant Williams struggles and Derek Jones Jr. struggles it's like oh yeah these guys are going to struggle when this generational playmaking <laughs> talent is not on the floor with them and I'm talking about Dante Exum. <laughs> he felt in the third quarter it felt like Dante Exum was uh all right coming up let's get into how the Mavs won this game the third quarter how they really went on a run what role players really stood out we'll talk about that and more coming up today's episode is brought to you by better help better help will help you in all kinds of situations that you're in everyone has a moment where you just need to talk to somebody you need somebody that is on your side that will be willing to sit there and listen you get the the like 55 minute session and like sometimes you just need that entire time to just like unload and not trauma dump on somebody but do it on a professional and actually talk about you know, the things that are you're dealing with the things that you're, you're working through uh, I've benefited from therapy I still go to therapy I recommend it for everybody. Everybody's got something. Whether you think it's too small, your stuff is not too small. It's If it's big to you, it's big to you. That is something that I've lived by and learned a lot as I've been uh, growing up in life. I don't know. like <laughs> I don't know about that at this point. Uh, it's the season of giving. Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad. Man, shout out to the Raccoon Squad for showing up at this game. So many people came up. Uh, I did uh, an unpaid cameo to to uh, somebody's friend, Mary. So shout, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Mary who I sent the video to. Uh, your friend was great to come over and, and get that that video for you, uh, and then I just saw a bunch of people, including slightly, we, you and me both, got heckled in person. It was the first time I think I've ever been heckled in person, where a guy leaned over the balcony right right behind where my seats are and goes, "Hey, are you locked on maps?" And I go, "Yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Last night's episode was brutal." <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Being a, podca- being a podcaster getting heckled is objectively <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I said, the game was brutal last night. He goes, yeah, better content next time. Hopefully this one will be better. Let me know. <laughs> if that was you, let me know if this has been a better episode for you so far. <laughs> I thought last night's episode was great. Hey, if you want to know, learn a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> we okay. talked about giants. We talked about seasoning. We talked about yeah. all kinds of stuff on last night's episode. Not a lot of basketball talk. So. <laughs> there was not a lot of basketball being played by the Mavericks last night yeah, true. Uh, against the Rockets. But in this game, the Mavs get the win. Great win for the Mavericks in the sense that it felt like a lot of role players stepped up. We talked about Luka's contribution in that uh, he was incredible. Luka, by the way, a plus 37 in this game. Jeez. <laughs> Just absolutely dominating when he was on the court. A lot of role players stepped up. Uh, let's start with Dante Exum. You mentioned him earlier. Dante Exum in the third quarter, it really just felt like he he pushed it forward and felt like he was really one of the catalysts of that quarter for the Mavericks to to dominate in that quarter. A lot of people have made the case, like, oh, Luka gets you paid. Come to the Mavericks and Luka gets you paid. I think Exum is definitely benefiting from Luka and some of the spacing for sure and like some of the kickouts and like that. You go back to that Lakers game where he hit all those threes. It was wide open. But Exum's creating for himself. Like, he's doing a lot of stuff himself, too. Like, I think we need to give Exum credit. It's not just Luka. He's really pushing the pace, getting his shot. Like, he had a little, like, drive to the paint, stop, pull up, like, like jumper. Like, that kind of stuff is stuff that – it's not just Luka. It's him, like, actually creating some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's not, let's not forget he was a top five pick right. in the draft. So, and, and for what I remember, like, scout, some, like, scouts loved him. Like, it wasn't – he wasn't like, oh, my God, Exum went top five. Like, people loved him in that draft cycle. And, uh, you know, he was injured a bunch throughout his career and then goes overseas and plays in one of the most competitive leagues in the world outside of the NBA on one of the best teams in the world outside of the NBA. And, I mean, he just – the game is just so slow for him. That's, that's like, one of the great things that he does. The game is so slow for him. His touch is so soft. It, yeah. If it, like, hits the rim or anything, it's bouncing in almost every time it feels like. It doesn't even – like, the, these weird angles where it looks like it should bounce off, but it just spins right in. It's just incredible soft touch. That's that's something I was not expecting from his game, really, was how great of a finisher he is. Because it, it, it's not just, like, dunking. It's just, like, 
you know, these it, she just like flicks it up there so quick, and like the, the the shot blockers have no chance to even go after it. It like it doesn't make sense when you watch it, but it just looks really pretty. I'm like surprised every time he misses a shot around the rim, which is not something you could say about most, definitely I mean, most how Mavericks. Many, how many shots did he miss total in this game? He went. I think, did eight he go of seven ten? of seven? Eight of ten. He was seven. Like uh, he was, he was seven of seven until. He checked back in, I think, in the fourth quarter and five yeah, of five in the five of five in the third quarter. He had thirteen points in that quarter. That's where I thought that he was just you know a catalyst. And like, let's be real about this Spurs team. They didn't have Wembenyama. They're the yeah. second worst offense in the NBA. And so the first half, I was actually frustrated with the Mavs defense because they were letting the Spurs get shots. They were letting them get the stuff that they wanted. And I was like, you're the Spurs. I didn't think that you, there were certain things that you did want. I don't know what Pop's doing with this team. Yeah, uh, there's just weird things going on with it. He had he tried the Jeremy Sohan point guard experience. He didn't start Keldon Johnson today. Uh, just really weird stuff going. On. I don't know what's going on with the Spurs, but uh, but then the Spurs defense is also bad. And you're like, how are the Mavericks not getting exactly what they want at certain times? And then the third quarter, just you know, everything came back to the averages where the Mavs defense uh, played to par, and then the Mavs offense came out and actually scored and pushed stuff in transition and got all the stuff that they wanted. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a clear and obvious tactic, I think, by the Mavs. They were cool so hands shooting threes. They were just not even closing out. Yeah. Three of three from three in the first half. Um, you know, you let some of these shooters kind of – you let some of those guys see shots go down. That's why I don't love the just letting guys shoot threes tactic. I mean, I do kind of understand it. But think about the, that Lakers game where Exum went w- nuclear from three and had a great game. Like, these are NBA players. They'll make shots, and then once they start making a few, you know, their confidence gets up, and they, they start – you know, doing the thing Sohan was doing with those little, like, post-ups and post-hooks and stuff. Ben Simmons would disagree with you on that. That whole yeah, well, thing. <laughs> whole I, don't, thing I, don't, I don't count him as an NBA player. <laughs> oh, neither, does the, neither do the Nets right now, as he is not playing. So, uh, but, yeah, the, the Mav- I mean, this, this is another game where you take care of business. And the Mavs did take care of business. They went in there. Third quarter, it was a real big, um, it was a real big, like, all right. We're back. We're back. Luca didn't have to play the fourth quarter, which was awesome. You love to see that. He's been playing a ton of minutes. They essentially rested him the last game against the Rockets, and so it was good to see him get that. Uh, we talked about we talked about um, Dante Exum. AJ Lawson has been a revelation the last couple of games. He's played and he played real minutes in both of these. It's not just been garbage time. He's finished with what seventeen points in this one. He had yeah. a couple of rebounds. He had a couple of steals. He had he had three threes. Like he's been pretty good. He's been standing out to me. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, he he does a lot of things you want Josh Green to do. I mean, that's just Josh Green has the playmaking edge over him, but uh, he's just so fa- he is blindingly fast. He is, man. He's quick. I wonder the last time the Mavericks had a player as like fast as he is when he gets out in like open court when he like on his steals whenever he pokes the ball away. And he's like right there, right next to the guy that he's guarding, and he gets the ball. I mean, it's it's over. He's he's beating that guy to the under the floor ten times out of ten, and it's going to be a breakaway dunk. Like it's 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 great to see. I I love AJ Lawson's energy. I've loved it since last season. It is just hard penciling minutes in for him with um, just the roster construction and stuff. But he keeps playing like he, the way he's played the last two nights. I know the last night's game was garbage, but I mean, he played pretty well in that game too. <laughs> um, it was garbage, but he was not. Yeah, he was not garbage. And th- these guys next to Luca, if you catch the the ball and shoot threes and they go in, you'll have a good chance of playing. Or if you just r- rip and go and dunk, he had one of those plays too, where he caught the ball and the, the tiny little head fake and then attacked and dunked. You're gonna get minutes. Talking about him doing a lot of things, Josh Green does. 
How many times are we going to have a player this season re- like replace Josh Green, essentially? We've already had Derek Jones Jr. replace him in the starting lineup, or at least what we thought, where we thought he was going to be, and Jason Kidd thought otherwise. Yeah. Then Dante Exum comes in, you're like, all right, he's the better Aussie on this team. He's doing a lot of things we thought Josh Green would do. And now A.J. Lawson in these two games has done more things. Like Josh has been replaced now, it feels like, three times throughout this injury. Uh, man, yeah. his spot was right there for him, and it just seems like these guys are stepping up. But, you know, competition is good, though. It's a yeah, good thing agreed. to have. Yeah. Especially for somebody who hasn't like got a stranglehold on their on their uh, on their spot in the rotation, which Josh Green has it. And then it's times like you see AJ Lawson, you know, he does he does on offense he does two things. He's either gonna catch and shoot or drive and dunk. Like there's not a lot of in between there. And sometimes it feels like Josh Green could actually take from that and just be like, All right, dude, just shoot the ball if you're open or attack the rim and dunk. Don't try to do, you know, a crazy three sixty spin pass. Like, let's just no jump passes, just reel it in a little tiny bit. Yeah, it's like him and Hardy have both really struggled with that. Like, their choices are not just binary, right? Every other yeah. role player feels like their choices are binary. It's take this shot, or maybe it's maybe it's try, try Mary. <laughs> they, have, they have three choices, basically. Take this shot, make another pass, or maybe maybe try a drive and try, like, some, you know, something else. Yeah. Uh, and Josh, it feels like he can do a bunch of different things. Hardy, it feels like he can do a bunch of different things. And then they get frozen in that spot where you have to make that quick split-second decision. And there's a lot of pressure because there's Luka – staring over at you or Kyrie staring over at you or you know the Mavs are in a a spot where they need a bucket because they always need a bucket because their offense is their defense right now according to Jason Kidd and I agree with him yeah and so it's just a lot of pressure on that when when am I going to get the ball back kind of pressure too because of how the Mavs offense runs like it's just tough to be in that spot and tough to figure it out but these guys are still young Josh Green's 23 Jaden Hardy's 21 like I mean, this is a really young team. I was also reminded about how young this team was. Have you seen the clip going around of Luca and Lively and Dexter Dennis and Greg yeah, Brown I posted on, the, it. on the bench? So yeah. funny. Where they're, they're they've got to be explaining some kind of game. Like, have you ever played the game where you like do the OK sign and you put it below your waist and somebody's got to look at it? Yeah. Uh, they're like explaining that type of a game to him. But then Luca takes his hand and like <laughs> puts his finger like through the hole in his hand, and it was just really weird. And the Dexter Dennis. Pats him and says, hey, you're on TV, and points right at the camera. Luca looks at it, turns beet red, and, like, puts yeah. his head in his hands, and then Lively is cracking up. Greg Brown is cracking up. It was just one of those moments where you're just, like, these – they're just, like, kids. These are, like, essentially college-age kids with Lively. Like, Luca's 24. I was yeah. 24 in college. Like, there's been a lot of people – that they're that age still and are considered college age like it it was just fun to watch them and uh the vibes were pretty immaculate with that group at that point the vibes through this for this team have been good this year like that's the big difference even they were just on a three-game losing streak what what is your opinion on this because I kept seeing this on Twitter today that tonight was a must-win game and I'm thinking like is it like is the sky like falling if they lose tonight I mean I guess the vibes would be in the toilet but it's not like a season ender if they lost tonight but it depends on what you define must win as, right? Like, I would have called tonight a must win in that you have to win a game like this to pad your wins for yeah. a game like the Rockets game the night before, right? Just because they had lost four games in a row, it, w- it wouldn't have been like a season ender or you're like, oh, dude. They can't recover from this four-game losing streak because the Rockets game essentially didn't count. Like, in the psyche of the Mavericks, yeah. we basically didn't take yesterday's <laughs> post-game show seriously, no. and the Mavs didn't really take their, their game seriously. Uh, the night before because they sat Luca, nobody else really played it seemed like and they played it was essentially a whole game of garbage time and so I think in the psyche of the Mavericks like 
No, it's not a must win, but it you know it's a, it's a it's a should win. It's like a it's yeah. a should win game, and it's a you know you really should win this game if you're as good as you think you are. And the Mavericks you know win this game handily, and so maybe they are as good as they think they are. Yeah, no, I I get where people are coming from calling it a must win. I just I guess in my mind a must win's like if we don't win this game, like the season is is the pretty play, much like over. one of the play in games. You know, like yeah. you literally like, win this game or you're out. Yes, like there were times last year after the trade deadline, it was like if they don't win this game, like the season is probably tanked. The Hornets, the, Hornets the second game. Hornets game. <laughs> I mean, the Hornets games, the Hawks games. It was like if they don't win tonight, it's over. Like there's no coming back. Oh my god, you just reminded me we of that right. Hawks game. That Hawks game where Javale and Christian Wood went nuts. <laughs> yes, and that was that was after I was like, please tank this season, and I was furious. <laughs> What that's a, a that's a terrible t- place to be as a fan. Man. What a weird turn of events that whole thing was. And now they got Derek Lively, and uh, they won yeah. a game without Derek Lively. That's true. How have we not mentioned that they're what one in five now without Derek Lively? Yeah, that's insane. What what do you what do you take from that stat? I think it's, I think it's good. I think it shows that you hit a home run in the draft, and it shows you need a backup center. Two things we or one thing we already knew. Can I say something about that? I asked you to, so yeah. Okay, no, I'm talking about the backup center thing. Oh, about the backup. Oh, yeah, because I see, t- yeah. I, I got eyes, I got eyes and ears everywhere. I see some things people say, little, like, little birds I, with their whispers. The the Mavericks need to upgrade the backup center spot. I don't want anyone to think I like like Dwight Powell in the sense that he should like. Hey, don't need to upgrade. We got Dwight Powell. No need to upgrade off of him. Like if I compare Dwight Powell to Rashawn Holmes or something, I think both those guys should get replaced in the rotation. Like, that's just how I feel. It's not like me saying one might be better than the other. It's me saying, like, yes, that guy needs to be the backup center moving forward for the rest of time, even though the Mavericks feel that way, it seems like. Yeah, there's a certain point where they've got to take steps forward in certain spots, and it's obvious they need an elite defensive wing, and they need another a better backup center. Like, it's just been true. We've been waiting for one of these guys to take that step forward. We've been waiting for a small ball unit to emerge, but I still think they need that elite defensive wing to make these small ball units really work against good Mm -hmm. teams. They still have needs. Just because you talk about the choice between a Rashawn Holmes and a Dwight Powell doesn't mean that they don't still need that, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think Dwight Powell is perfect. Like four minute a half guy. Like you need a little spurt of energy or something. Get or like him out there. He can play in a game like this. He played a lot. Yeah. I thought he played well in, the, in this no, game. No, Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell had good minutes. And Rashawn like, Holmes had good minutes last night too. Like they'll they'll have moments, but they 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 Mavericks need to upgrade at that position. <laughs> uh, apparently, Luca gave all the teammates and all the staffers bikes. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is riding that bike now through the top, like through the <laughs> the hallways behind where I'm, like right under where I'm sitting right now. That is pretty hilarious. Tim McMahon just posted it. That, that is pretty funny. I, I would love a bike. Those, Shout out to Luca. Luca really got into the the fit man, like the whole like <laughs> fitness craze. Right now, he's giving away bikes instead of like anything else he could have given away. You know, too, from just an outsider's perspective, obviously, we're not in the locker room all the time, but, like, I mean, me never. I don't know. Do you, are you guys allowed in the locker room? I I am personally not, no. Oh, okay. Ooh, you're on the ban list. <laughs> not bad. No, they have they have tiers, and I'm on the second tier, sadly. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, but even uh, the people that are allowed to go in the locker room don't always go in the locker room, so I'm not. I just think I think that's a strange thing, to be honest, but I do it's, understand. It's it, been though. since COVID. They've, yeah. they've changed that. But uh, it seems like he's really embracing the leader role Absolutely. in a serious way. Absolutely. Which is great to see. We talk, I talked about that with Dana Larson two weeks ago, I think. We really, talk, we really talked about how Luca has taken this step forward of, as a leader and, like, really getting, you know, like, like rooting for guys on his team and, like, being, you know, being the guy that calls things out. Uh, here's something, though. Jason Kidd apparently just said in postgame, 
he expects to keep Dante Exum in the starting lineup even when the Mavs get fully healthy. Nice. I like that. Who goes to the bench? <sighs> That's a great question. Luca, Kyrie, Lively? Luca's sixth man of the year and MVP in the same season. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's done that, right? Hasn't somebody done that? That would be uh, remarkable. I mean, who would be the closest? Like Kevin McHale had seasons where he was like <laughs> incredible, but I think Bill Walton was a six man. Oh yeah, Bill, Bill Walton was a six man and an MVP. He was probably the only person to ever do it. Not at the same time, though. Obviously, yeah, the same season would be uh, Derek Jones Jr. or Grant Williams. That's that's your choice, right? It would have to be Grant, right? Almost just 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 because you would need Grant Williams is just a little bigger. If you go it and just he, by play, Grant Williams to go to yeah. the bench. Yeah, Grant Williams to the bench, and Der- Derek Jones has just been better this season. That's just how it's been. If you go by play this season, like if you just look at what this season is, then yeah, you, you do that. I don't know that Jason Kidd necessarily thinks that way. Yeah. So my guess oh. would be that Derek Jones Jr. would go to the bench if I'm just basing it off what I think Kidd will do. That will be really interesting. Because I think they have to make the Grant Williams lively thing like defensively work for you. Yeah. I mean, Grant, ex- obviously, you, you gave Grant Williams, what, a four-year deal? Like, he's in your long-term plans a million percent. Yeah, Derek John Jr. could leave at the end of the season. He's unrestricted free agent, so that, that's yeah, another thing to consider for sure. He's in, like, that where Bruce Brown was with the uh, Nuggets a year ago, where it's like the Nuggets yeah. or the Mavericks won't have the ability to – like, if a team wants to go out and pay Derek Jones Jr. in the offseason, the Mavericks will not have a chance to match that. It would, they, would, they would have to do, like, the Bobby Portis thing. They'll still have his bird rights. No, I don't right? think so. I don't think so. No, I'd have I to could be. I'd, I could be wrong on this. I'm they, probably I, the wrong person to ask. But I have to go back and look. I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have his bird rights to be able to to be able to match. But anyway, the, he's he's an unrestricted free agent, so he could he you know doesn't have to come back. He could get way overpaid for the number the Mavericks don't want to pay and do all that. Exum is a non guaranteed next year, but he's he could he could be back. That's next getting year. guaranteed. He's also been playing really really well for the Mavericks recently, and we talked about him today. But it, it's just been. It's been undeniable. And with him and Kyrie and Luka, like he adds that level that we thought Josh Green would, would bring, like all the stuff. Man, I, I'm looking at Derek Jones Jr.'s game logs. If you take out the game he played six minutes against the Grizzlies, he's been at like 30 minutes a game over the last 12 or so games. He played 40 What was what the other night. I mean, he he's played a lot. That will be, that will be interesting. I, I'm very interested in that. Let Knowing us know kid is going to be like Tim Hardaway or something. Let us know in the comment section who who should sit. Is it Derek Jones Jr. or Grant Williams? I'm interested well, I already, in that. I already know the answer to that. But can we can when we talk about this? Why are people so down on Grant Williams? I think you and I talked about this the other day. But like, I don't. I mean, get, it's just he, he had a kind of a bounce back game in this one. Four of six from three. His defense was was up and down. I felt like in this one he was tasked with like guarding centers and Zach Collins and like stuff like that, which is what he's kind of what he's supposed to be good at. But they were mixed results. But well, when your first seven games of the new franchise is 15 points per game and 54% shooting from three. That's like not a, sustainable? Yeah, a shooting slump is going to look really, really bad, especially for like a, a fan base that, you know, a lot of them haven't watched you play really in your career. So they don't really know like what to expect, and they just see the first seven games like, oh, my God, who is this guy? But, uh, you know, he's he's been struggling lately. There's no toys around that. He, he hasn't been very sure. good, but uh, – I mean, who's to say he doesn't get hot again and it looks really good? I think the end goal is Grant Williams comes off the bench for you. Like, and if that, if the Mavericks upgrade the wing spot, and Grant Williams is now your sixth or seventh guy, then that looks he looks much better. 
he looks much better. And you're not you didn't pay him that much. Like you didn't really even pay yeah. him to be that that like starting level guy. He's making like, what is he making right now? He's making He's making under just a little under the mid level. Like look around the league at like 12, championship contending teams. He's Those are like 6 or 7 4. guys. He's making 9% of the cap right now. He'll make 9% of the cap next year, 8.7% of the cap the year after that and 8.3. Like it is not one of these deals where you look at it and go, "Oh, I can't believe they gave Grant Williams $25 million where he's making <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, that would you know, be. Like, if it was that, then I'd be like, all right, he's got to produce a little bit more. But they didn't They didn't pay him like that. Um, no. you, we, we hoped for him. But the, then again, the things that we hoped for him is to hit his threes. He's still shooting like 40% from three. Yeah. He's not going to add a whole lot else on offense. Every once in a while, he can be that release valve for Luka on those, uh, on those traps. I think he would have been more if Lively hadn't really stepped up and had been that guy where he could yeah. break those traps, where Luka gets doubled, Lively's at the free-throw line, and then he gets the ball and kicks it out. So Grant hasn't been point. asked to do that very often, uh, but he's doing the other stuff. He hasn't been as good defensively as I would have hoped at this point. Uh, yeah. And I think he would have hoped, too. And I had hoped for him to be the defensive like vocal leader at this point. That's going to take time, too. That's going to take more yeah, than like 30 time. games that we're not even at. Like, and so let's, let's, see it, let's see it work for a little while. Yeah, that, all that stuff's going to take times, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. And I also think a big, re, like a big thing for the Mavs too is they probably see Grant Williams as a small ball five for them, and um, yeah, that stuff's going to take time too to like develop where Grant Williams is comfortable enough to be a small ball five. And also, Derek Lively's been so good that why yeah. like you don't really need to go to the small ball lineups very often. There's no way they envisioned Derek Lively being this good. They could say all this stuff in the summer, like there's no way they thought he'd be as good as he is now. No. I don't think anyone did. It's a great, it's a great problem to have. Yeah. Let it again. Let us know in the comment section who should go to the bench: Derek Jones Jr. or Grant Williams. Let us know what you thought about this game. We will be back. Uh, I think I will have an episode Christmas Eve, uh, but if not, we'll, de- we'll definitely be back slightly. Now we'll be back on Christmas night. That late, that late Mavs Suns game where uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Kyrie will be back. I didn't mention this. Kyrie warmed up before the game. I got to see Kyrie warm up. He looked pretty good. He was he was walking around. He was like doing layups and running a little bit here and there. And like, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that him and Lively come back for Christmas. I'm not feeling good about it. That's fine. You don't have to. It's it's your feelings. Have you guys watched the Suns lately? Might not need them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good about that. Yeah, the yeah. two stars is going to be enough because I don't think they're going to have Bradley Beal. And uh, by then. Booker or KD could have gone down again because it just happens with them. But anyway, there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.